The Productive Woman, Episode 389. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about productivity at work. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 389. This episode is brought to you by the University of California at Irvine's Division of Continuing Education. One way to boost your workplace productivity is by improving your knowledge and skills through continuing education. If you have a career like mine, I'm a lawyer, it's actually mandatory that I do certain amount of continuing education credits every year. Well, according to data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, continuing education correlates to higher income. It also can open doors to networking opportunities, better job opportunities, and career progression. And whether or not you're interested in career advancement, studies have shown that continued learning is a key element of keeping your mind sharp as you age. And all of that is why I'm so pleased to partner with and recommend the University of California at Irvine's Division of Continuing Education as a resource for you. UCIDCE has been serving the lifelong learning and skills development needs for the local, regional, and global communities for over 50 years. UCIDCE offers more than 80 career-focused programs in business, leadership, technology, education, engineering, health sciences, law, finance, and more. Some programs can prepare individuals to sit for industry certifications or provide continuing education credit toward recertification. Courses are offered on a quarterly basis, no formal application is required to enroll, and enrollment is open to everyone. If you sign up for a course with UCI DCE, you'll learn from instructors who are practicing professionals with extensive relevant industry experience, and you'll gain practical skills that can be applied immediately on the job. To learn more, visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now. And I will have a link to that in the show notes in case you're driving or jogging or something and uh, can't remember that URL. But it's ce.uci.edu slash learn now. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about workplace productivity and uh, for the last, oh, 25 years or so, I have worked as a lawyer in a couple of different law firms. And for most of those years, I commuted to an office downtown. For the last three or four years, I am still a partner in a large law firm, but I work exclusively from my home office. But I've had a lot of other jobs before I became a lawyer. Uh, when we were first married, um, I worked as a clerk for the State Department of Licensing. I have worked at McDonald's, both as a crew person as, and as a manager. I worked um, as a member of a motel's cleaning staff, so cleaning rooms after people you know, vacated them for the day. I've worked in a daycare center. I worked for a while as an administrative assistant for a small business. 
So I've had a lot of different work experiences in various types of work environments. And one thing I've learned is that just like everywhere else, productivity at work is about managing our time, our energy, and our attention, those those key productivity components we talked about last week. And I started thinking about all this lately, inspired by a question Brandy asked in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And um, here's what she had to say. She said, Hi, everyone. I'd really appreciate your good advice. After working for the same agency for over 15 years, I think I've become too comfortable. I'm not as disciplined as I used to be at staying organized and working to my full potential, especially when it comes to time management. I'm starting a new job at the end of April. What are your tips at staying organized, tidy, and disciplined? Another concern, she says, um, another concern I have is that I'm the only person in my building with this position, so I will have limited contact with people to teach me about my new responsibilities. So I, I just thought that was a great question. I've been thinking about this whole issue of being productive at work ever since I read Brandy's post. And so I did a little thinking about this and thought I'd share a few thoughts about being productive at work. Uh, trying to focus on things that apply to any kind of work situation, but mostly for those jobs where you go to work somewhere outside your home. And I will also, toward the end of this episode, share some of the great advice that women in the Productive Woman community offered in response to Brandy's question. So um, here we go, talking about workplace productivity. And I think Uh, Again, partly in response to what Brandy was asking about, one important key to maintaining motivation and staying productive at work is, just like any endeavor, awareness and intention. And so if you want to stay motivated to do your best to be productive, and if you want to be able to really work effectively, there are a couple of things you need to think about up front. And Again, just like everything else we talk about in terms of goals or objectives, you need to know your why. Why are you there? And yes, I know we work for a paycheck, but ask yourself this question. Why here? Why this job? Uh, Why am I working here? What is my why for this job beyond just getting a paycheck every week or every other week or once a month or however often you're paid? What do you hope to get out of this job in addition to the paycheck? Is it a stepping stone to a better job? Do you hope to develop skills that you can parlay into career advancement? What is it that you're hoping to get out of this particular job, why you accepted this job and why you're doing it? And really think about that because knowing why we're there or why we're doing anything is a key element to staying motivated or renewing our, our focus and our energy on the, that job when things get boring. Cause no job's fun all the time, right? There's nothing, uh, nothing we can do that's always going to be fun and, and exciting. And so when things get tough, when things get boring, Uh, We need to go back and remember our why and think about that. So spend some time thinking about that. Um, But also a a key to being really, truly productive at work and figuring out how to allocate your time and all of those things is know what your primary contributions are supposed to be. 
There probably are lots of things you can do at this job, whatever your job is. But as we talked about last week, time is finite. And knowing what your primary responsibilities are will help you to allocate your time wisely and productively when there's more to do than you have time to get it done. And so really, um, you know, look at your job description, or if you're an entrepreneur, write your job description and really focus in on what are the key contributions that I'm supposed to be making at this position. If you have a manager or a supervisor, I would certainly ask them to clarify their expectations. What do they think is the most important thing or the couple of most important things that you are supposed to be doing and contributing to the to the profitability of your business or your you know the function of your agency if if it's that type of job. But ask them to and really try to pin them down what's most important? What can I what are you looking for me to contribute to this this organization in this position? If you're an entrepreneur or you work for yourself, identify for yourself the, the your unique contributions, the things that only you can do for the business. You know, anybody can probably keep the books. Anybody can, you know, type letters. There, there are lots of different elements of the job and maybe write out that job description and all the tasks and roles that um, you need to fulfill in that position and then identify of all the things that, that need to be done by, you know, in connection with this job, what are the things only I can do? This is, I think this is important in any job, but particularly if you work for yourself, if you're building a business or something like that, identify what are of all the, these things that need to get done, what are the things only I can do? Um, you know, in my job, there are certain things as a lawyer, there are certain things only I can do. I can, I only, I can advise my clients and do the thinking and the drafting, but there are other people that can do other elements of the job. So do that thinking for yourself. It will help you again in deciding what to do with your time when you have less time than there are tasks. So again, this is a key to uh, maintaining your motivation and staying productive in your job, knowing your why and knowing what your primary contributions are in this job. Uh, So think about those things. The second factor element that I would encourage uh, each of us to, to think about in being productive in the workplace is pay attention to the relationships. As I've said before, and I truly believe a life that matters almost always matters in relation to people. And that's true at work as well. And certain relationships can either enhance or do the opposite with respect to your enjoyment of your job and your ability to be productive. So pay attention to the key relationships with the other people in the organization you're working with. Uh, If you have managers or supervisors, Pay attention to those relationships and nurture those. Communicate with them. Understand what their goals are and how you can support their goals and make their life easier. That was something that I thought about early on in my legal career as as an associate. My clients, so to speak, for the most part, were the partners in the firm who 
with whom I was working. And the way you made yourself valuable was to make their life easier and figure out what they wanted to accomplish and what you could do to contribute to them achieving their goals. Uh, Same thing with relationships with your peers. They can be a great source of support, of ideas, of, you know, brainstorming, of backup when you need someone to come in maybe to cover while you're out. Uh, So develop those relationships and they shouldn't, and, and, and I hope I'm not sounding like um, you know, figure out how you can use people because that's not that's not my what I'm thinking about at all. But all of these relationships should be reciprocal. Figure out how you can support them and nurture those relationships. And similarly with support staff, if they if there is support staff at your organization, I'm thinking about when I first got out of law school and and went to my first legal job at the firm in Dallas. And I remember my mom telling me, you be nice to the secretaries or you're going to have to answer to me. My mom had been a secretary for many years. And, and you know, some people uh, who for whom she worked weren't always very thoughtful or caring about her and her contributions. But what I've learned uh, was that when you develop those relationships, when you, you know, you look at them and you support them where you can and and be pleasant and kind and thoughtful to them, they're going to be more likely to be supportive of you when you need it. So develop those relationships with the support staff, whether it's the mail room or the, you know, whatever kind of job you have. Again, it's not about using them, but being the kind of person that people want to have a relationship and want to work with. So pay attention to those relationships. The third area or the tip that I would suggest that we all think about in terms of workplace productivity is very practical. All of these things I think are practical, but this one has a a pretty direct impact on your productivity at work, and that's your immediate workspace. And obviously, as I'm thinking about this, a lot of it, I'm thinking about, you know, an office environment, but it's true, whatever kind of job you have, arrange your workspace strategically. So the, the simple things like the things you use most often, keep them close at hand and organize your, your desktop or your drawers or your, whatever your workspace is, but keep the things you use most often easily reachable right there at hand and declutter the space. Um, It helps you to work more efficiently and it also helps minimize distractions. One of the things a lot of us deal with in our workspace is just um, just constant distraction. And the more stuff you have around you, the more likely you are to be distracted by it. So don't keep things in your workspace that you don't need or use. Maybe there are things you use occasionally. Those don't need to be on your, you know, your primary workspace, but they can be put away in a cupboard somewhere or a drawer somewhere. So don't keep extra stuff around that you don't need or use. Avoid things like, if you can, uh, avoid sticky notes on your computer screen or your desk or your cubicle wall. Uh, Those things become distractions. They become clutter over time. You may you know, stick something on a sticky note, a phone number or something 
that you or a reminder and those things, you know, you end up with layers of them and they no longer serve the function of reminding you. They just are clutter and distractions. So instead of that, perhaps you keep a nice notebook at hand and a, and a nice pen and create the habit of using that to jot down your notes. So a, instead of multiple sticky notes everywhere, um, you've got one notebook where everything gets written down in and you know where to look for it when you need it. And for reminders, use your task management system or your calendar with alarms instead of little sticky notes everywhere. And in connection with your workspace, and we can get more into this in more depth down the road. I wanted to just kind of throw out some ideas this week of simple things that we can do to make our workspace more productive and our work life more productive. Um, And in connection with your immediate workspace, including your daily routine, a few minutes at the end of the day to simply put things away and tidy your workspace. It doesn't need to take more than, you know, a minute or two to just kind of tidy things, put things in a way, get rid of the, you know, the empty, the dirty mugs from your coffee during the day or whatever things gather as we work throughout the day. So that when you come in in the morning, uh, come back to work, your your space is clear, uncluttered, and ready for you to get to work. So again, making that a part of your daily routine, and we're going to talk about uh, work routines here in just a minute, but uh, I think that's a, an important thing to do. And it's something I try to do. I don't always do it every day I, uh, here in my home office, but I used to be better about that, you know, when I went to an office downtown. And so uh, it's something that can be really important to making your workspace contribute to your productivity. Similarly, uh, invest in tools that make your work effective and efficient. And what that might be depends on the type of job you have. If you're a chef, you want to have good quality, sharp knives you know, I, that's one thing. I'm not a chef. I don't, I don't play one on TV, but I've, it's something I've seen chefs talk about, um, that how important it is to have a good set of quality, sharp knives. And similarly, if you're a desk worker, a knowledge worker, maybe the tools you use are a really good computer and the right software that does what you need it to do certainly an ergonomic chair that's comfortable and, you know, doesn't hurt your back, good light so your eyes aren't strained. Whatever your job is, identify the key tools that you use and make sure you get the best you can because it's really hard to enjoy your work, much less be efficient and effective at it if you're working with low-quality tools that don't do the job, that make your job harder So think about what the key tools are for your job and make sure you've got the best and the most effective that you can afford. If you have a boss, you know, ask for what you need. And if you work for yourself, invest some money in those key tools. On that point, or kind of an extension of that point, the most important tool you bring to your job is your mind. And no, no matter what your job is, your ability to think clearly to the knowledge that you gather with respect to the work that you do is really uh, probably the most important tool for most of us. And so 
to invest in that tool, you want to continue to learn about your job, about life in general, about, you know, work, but continue to learn. Why? Because it helps you to be more effective and thus more valuable to your employer or to your clients or whatever, but it also helps keep you engaged. This is part of managing your attention. So, um, you know, it's real easy, as Brandy mentioned in her post that I quoted earlier, when you've been at a job for a long time, it's easy to get kind of bored and, and stuck in a rut. But you can help keep your mind engaged by continuing to learn uh, uh, the skills that you need for the job and, and so on. And so different ways to do that, you can take courses, you can seek out projects that challenge you. I remember reading, and I, I meant to look this up and I forgot before I sat down to, to talk to you, but I've read articles about, you know, kind of our most effective, um, there, there's a sweet spot for the kind of work that's going to be most engaging and most productive. It's It's got to be challenging enough to really engage our minds, but not so challenging that you end up discouraged. So seek out work that challenges you. If you've been doing the, even if you've been doing the same thing over and over again, it's going to get routine and rote and kind of boring. So go to your clients, go to your uh, supervisor, whatever, try to find work that's, that challenges you, that stretches you a little bit and get, get involved in that. Um, the sixth kind of tip, I guess, for workplace productivity is to establish routines. Just like at home, we can establish routines at work that help boost our productivity. So, you know, first of all, to the extent that it's within your control, try to structure your day to make the best use of your energy and attention. And by that, I mean, you know, save your your high energy, high focus times for the work that demands energy and focus. We all have different times of day when we are uh, kind of most energized, most able to focus and, and, and stay on task. I know when those times are for you. Other times of day, we're a little more draggy, a little less focused, have a little less energy. And so try to save those high energy times for work that demands your focus and attention and try to, to the extent you can control it, try to avoid scheduling meetings or calls during that, those hours and don't use them for things like just, you know, scrolling through email and, and stuff. Schedule the, the sort of brainless or admin type work for your low energy times. And again, I, I understand we, we answer to other people and we may not have a hundred percent control over how our day goes, but to the extent you can at least be aware of when those times are for you, when you're most likely to be able to stay on task and stay focused and, you know, feel strong and when you're less so, and whenever you can adjust your work accordingly. And then schedule or establish these routines that can help you kind of get into your day and get out of your day and maximize your productivity. So have a, a startup routine. I used to, when I went into an office downtown for my legal practice, I would get in early. I tried to come in early because 
there were fewer people around and not so many phone calls, and I could get a lot of focused work during that time of day. Um, but my general routine was, you know, I'd come into my office, leave my my briefcase and my purse there, go down to the little kitchen, grab myself a cup of tea, and then I'd come and sit at my desk, take a quick look at my calendar or and the to-do list that I had prepared the night before, make adjustments if needed, and then get to work on whatever I had identified as the the high priority task for the day. And that was just kind of my routine. I usually turned on some instrumental music to kind of get my mind, um, I don't know, it just helped me focus. So have, but have a startup routine for whatever your job is that helps you kind of get into the flow of the day. And then maybe a routine for the middle of the day, kind of a midday reset. Uh, make make every effort, if you can, to get away from your workspace for lunch or during a break when you have one, to give your mind and your body a change of pace. Get outside if you can to get some fresh air, maybe some sunshine. But even if it's just for 10 minutes to get away from your workspace, um, we've talked in recent weeks about the importance of rest and downtime uh, and how it enables us to be more focused and more productive when we get back to work. So make it a part of your midday routine to get away from your workspace and uh, get away and and do something different to again give your mind and body a change of pace, a change of scenery. And what you do with that break time, that midday reset, kind of de- may depend on the kind of person you are. So if you're an introvert and you do a lot of work with others, a lot of phone calls, meetings, and things like that during the day, maybe your break time needs to be to get a few minutes of alone time to sort of let your, um, you know, your internal self settle down a bit. On the other hand, if you're an extrovert and you work mostly alone, you can boost your productivity and your energy by planning lunch with a friend or a colleague, get some of that interpersonal uh, interaction that extroverts need so much to energize themselves. So part of your midday reset then is to get away, give yourself a little bit of a break. And then the other part would be maybe after lunch, when you come back, tidy your workspace a little bit and take a look at your priority list and adjust it if needed. And then uh, have a shutdown routine for the end of your workday. And again, tidy your workspace, put things away. It doesn't need to take more than, you know, two minutes. Put things away, uh, make sure your workspace is clear and ready for another day. Take a look at your calendar for the next day. And and just to make sure if there's anything you need to do now to prepare, you know, maybe you've got a, a meeting tomorrow that you need to gather materials for or whatever it might be. Just take take that time at the end of the day to look ahead to the next day and figure out what do I need to do, whether, you know, physically or mentally to prepare for what's happening tomorrow. And then the last thing maybe is to uh, make your list of the top three things you need to accomplish tomorrow um, and decide which one you're going to start with. And And this kind of then cycles back to the morning routine. If you've identified what you're going to start with first thing in the morning, 
Uh, maybe you, you you leave your desk with the materials for that first project sitting there ready to go so you can just jump right in. But the point is to establish routines that work for you in the work environment that you are involved in, and that those things will help you to be more productive throughout the day. And finally, nurture habits that serve you. A work ethic is important. Whatever habits help you uh, be more productive, focus on those, nurture those. We'll talk more about those and in, in what those might be in coming episodes. But one thing um, that I think is a, a habit or a, a um, quality, a character quality that can make all the difference in your workplace pr- productivity is perseverance. Keep at it. Maybe you try something and it's not working. It's not helping as much as you thought it would. Don't give up. Keep working. John Rockefeller is quoted as saying, I do not think there is any other quality so essential to success of any kind as the quality of perseverance. It overcomes almost everything, even nature. And I thought that was worth thinking about, that we keep trying different things until we figure out what works for us. And and even just that continued effort, that perseverance in trying new things will help keep us engaged and interested and um, working working productively. Uh, I wanted to kind of end with sharing some of the advice from the community. Remember, we started with talking about Brandy's question about looking for tips on being organized and uh, tidy and disciplined at work uh, as she starts a new position. And several women in the community um, offered some ideas. Kelly asked Brandy, what does as I used to be, because Brandy had said she's not as organized as she used to be. And Kelly said, what does as I used to be mean? Was that better or just necessary at the time? How much is necessary now? And Kelly says, as for your new responsibility, I believe the employer is mutually responsible for equipping you for the work they expect you to do. How can you help them prepare you? I thought that was a great question. And it kind of goes to what I mentioned earlier, when you're trying to identify what are your key contributions in the role that you have at your organization, go to the people who employ you and ask them, what's, what do you think is the most important thing that I'm going to spend my time on? And in, in response to the question about, uh, the Kelly's question about what does, as I used to be mean, Brandy said, before I used to have my day well-planned with set goals. Nowadays, I often just wing it. I think it's because I have a combination of job boredom or burnout. I want to make sure I start my new job with more dedication. And I think that's a really wise and admirable attitude that Brandy has. And kind of what I was talking about earlier, that we can get comfortable and kind of in a rut at our position unless we intentionally think about these things. And so I think it it was a great question and a great thing for us all to think about. Sharon, uh, in in answer to the question about tips for being productive, talks about preparation. And she says, set a deadline a day or two early in your diary or your, your calendar. 
Um, and I think that's great advice. Be prepared. Look ahead. Take time each day, each week to look ahead a little bit and say, not just what's in front of me right now, but what's coming that I need to take steps to prepare for and have that as part of your routine, whether it's in the evening or in the morning, looking ahead, making sure you haven't, you know, you, you know what's coming and you know what needs to be done to prepare for it. Amelia offered a suggestion that I thought was really interesting. She says, I've been using focusmate.com and I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but uh, she says, you get paired up with someone to work with for 25 minute or 50 minute sessions. You tell the person what your intention for that session is and they do the same. Then you mute yourselves until you hear the chime at the end. So what, whatever you signed up for, a 25-minute or 50-minute session, at the end of that, you'll hear a chime. And then Amelia says, you greet each other, discuss. So how did you do? How did I do? And then you can book another session. And she says, I've been paired up with people all over the world. It's wonderful. There's a Focusmate Facebook group, too, once you join. $5 a month, a bargain for how much it improves productivity, uh, and she says you can use it for housework, workouts, as well as your normal work. And, you know, that's a great thing. And it, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about early on about nurturing relationships, among other things, with your peers, because you can hold each other accountable. You can, you know, set up sessions like this with a colleague where I'm, okay, I'm going to work on this project for the next 25 minutes or 50 minutes. What are you going to work on? Let's check in with each other and see how we're going. Uh, relationships can help with that sort of thing. But I like this idea of focus mate because it's somebody with no, you know, who can be objective. You don't owe them anything. You're just holding each other count accountable for a specific session. Uh, so I think that could be a really helpful thing, depending on what kind of work you have. And then on the issue of distractions um, and how they can interfere with our productivity, Elizabeth says, I am currently reading the book Indistractable by Near Isle. I like it so far. A lot of info about internal and external distractions that affect productivity and how to deal with them. In a new job where you want to make a good impression, the book has some good tools. And I, I also have read, I'm in the midst of reading that book and agree with Elizabeth that this there's some great stuff in there about dealing with distractions, both the internal and the external, that might be worth checking out as a resource to help you with that. So final thoughts. I mean, our work, whether paid or volunteer, whether we're working for ourselves or for other people, our work is a big part of our lives. And we can use the same tools and techniques we talk about all the time on this podcast to make our work hours both productive and rewarding. And I encourage you to share your ideas about that. So how do you stay productive in your workplace, whether it's a new job or one you've been working at for 30 years, how do you stay productive? What are your best tips? I would love it if you would share those. And you can do that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 389. Or you can post a comment or question or a tip in the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, 
as always, that's a great place to share these kinds of things and continue this conversation, help each other out uh, in being productive in our workplaces. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. As a reminder, whether career-related or just for the fun of learning something new, if one of your goals this year is to advance your career or your education, remember to visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now to see how University of California at Irvine's Division of Continuing Education can support those goals. That's ce.uci.edu slash learn now. And thank you so much to UCI for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you again for spending this time with me. I don't take it for granted and I appreciate you very much. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.